Hello, this is Richard C. Wilson from the Family Office Club. Uh, today we're doing an investor mandate interview here with uh, Damien. Uh, welcome, Damien. Thank you. Pleasure. So, and uh, I know you've been uh, part of the Family Office Club and involved you know, with us for a few years. We appreciate you uh, doing this interview. So what type of an investor are you to begin with? You can just kind of introduce yourself a little bit. Sure. We are a 24, 25-year-old multifamily office based out of New York. All our investors are non-U.S. investors, mainly from Europe and Latin America. Okay. And what's the scope of your investment mandate overall? I'm, I'm guessing with clients from those regions and working as a multifamily office, you have a pretty broad mandate to be helping clients on traditional wealth management as well as direct investments and alternative investments. Is that, is that correct or can you add a little bit more color to that? Correct. So there are two sides of our business. One is what we call the legacy business that has existed since inception in 96, which is the liquid portfolio. Mm -hmm. So this is um, global allocation to managers, different strategies, hedge funds, fixed income funds, and so on. So that, <clears throat> and we have a team of analysts and a head of analysis that runs this, this area. And one of our partners is focused on this. The other side is what we call the illiquid alternatives. And this, as you can imagine, has been the side that, the size, the side that has grown the most in the, last, most in the last years. And this, uh, we do a myriad of uh, uh, illiquid alternative investments. We did do some private equity. We did do some venture capital. But uh, since 2014, most of what we've done has been related to real estate with okay. our uh, investors. Sure, sure. Great. And then um, in terms of the background of some of your clients from Europe and South America, I would guess that that makes them more predisposed to looking at investments from those regions as well as the U.S. when compared to other multifamily offices. How, how much of your investment work is you know, focused in those regions because your clients can understand the risks, they get it, and they, they kind of get the thesis that your team might have? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, we are 100% focused in the U.S., Okay. We did some investments in Europe, but you see, for, for the families uh, that invest with us, the U.S. has always been an alternative uh, uh, destiny for their cash. It's sure. a protection. Uh, they are already exposed in their local currencies, in their local markets, through the business that they have. And right. Uh, right. so for them, it's really a, a diversifying into a market which has a level of stability, rule of law, uh, less volatility in the countries they're in. Right. Even though we did do some some investments in the Europe in, in Europe in the past. Okay. And but more focus, no, US, sorry, I'll focus. Oh, on go US. ahead. Okay, focuses on the U.S. today. And then, what would be the number one most valuable type of investment manager, investment strategy, something that's either difficult to source, or you're talking with your team, your investment committee right now that you're kind of keeping an eye out for for 2020. They'd like to kind of get access to through the club. Okay, so I'll talk on the illiquid alternative side, which is the sure. side of the business I run. Um, over the last uh, four years, almost five, we focused a lot on real estate there, and there's a reason. Um, uh, most, of, almost all of our investors like real estate; they have some exposure to real estate. We were always scared of the the cycle we were foreseeing, even though it took a long time, the end of the cycle. 
So we limited uh, our exposure to real estate equity in a more opportunistic stance. We did deals in equity for our investors, but we saw over the last four years the exposure to real estate debt as a very compelling and unique asset class in regards to risk returns for our investors. And I'll explain. Uh, you get exposure to real estate all the same at a portion or, or of, of the value of the underlying asset. I mean, your, your loan to value can be ranging between 60 to 80, but you're still at a discount. Right. Worst things that can happen is you, you keep the real estate at a discount. And for foreign investors, it's a tax-free operation investing in debt. Short term, it protected us reasonably against a turn on the cycle. There were good yields, uh, cash, uh, good cash flows, and no taxation for foreign investors. So we did concentrate a lot on this. We spent the last years looking for these lenders. We don't do the underwriting ourselves. We don't have the capacity. But looking for good lenders we could partner with to invest. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, you know, just by chance, we, I know we had a new family office club member yesterday join who has done 120 million in real estate lending. And I know that lending and anything that's income with high quality collateral behind it is of general interest when you're late in the cycle, but also of general interest all the time, honestly. So I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of groups that I see who are running investment firms structure their deals as traditional GPLP. And they could have structured it to have a mezzanine component or an income component or a preferred income component. Uh, and many of them don't, they just do straight, straight equity. Same with operating companies raising capital. There's ways to turn that into a uh, income or gross revenue royalty or something of that nature. And I see the investor demand for that out there often. So I'm glad you brought that up and didn't know you were going to. Um, if you were to give a piece of advice to someone who maybe is in your shoes running a multifamily office, or maybe it's an investor listening who's about to go out and hire a multifamily office, what's a piece of advice that you could provide um, that would maybe save somebody $100,000 in wasted fees or help them avoid a bad investment or help them uh, make more money over the long term that you wish you had heard 10 years ago? <laughs> Look, uh, uh, what we see going forward, and I'll talk about the fees after, what we see sure. going forward now, uh, that continues to be a very compelling uh, um, asset class. Funny enough, the lenders that we chose to work with, they were all balance sheet lenders. There was no leverage. We were right. very cautious with this. So they are today positioned in a market where there's much less competition. Uh, even though right. rates have down, they're able to be. And, and I know this because we're talking about our own portfolio. These are calls I'm having to our with our investors. Right. Uh, rates should remain the same, but at a lower LTV, so lower risk. So sure. it's a division of the portfolio. Operations that once went to, to, to different breeds of lenders and hedge funds. And I mean, there were a lot of tourism into the sector. This was completely yeah. wiped out. Lenders that relied on, on, on leverage wiped out. Right. And the ones we work with, they, they, they have no leverage. They have balance sheet capacity. They have equity. Sure. And, uh, so we're very happy with them. We've had no defaults. We've had uh, no withdrawals. And uh, we're, we're, we're great happy and proud with our choices. So going forward, we think that that, yes, it will continue to be a, a, an interesting asset class in the liquid. Uh, we are looking into some equity deals now in real estate. We are seeing some distressed situations where, or semi-distressed situations, which could be interesting. We're not rushing in. We're, we think that this will last 
for uh, a few months. So we're looking, okay. starting to look. We okay. have talked to our investors to see which ones have cash available. And we were, have been positively surprised. So we're, we're building some a, a different pool of, of, of assets that we can look uh, to invest together with them. In real estate, we're not doing anything in private equity or venture capital. We don't see any visibility. There's no clarity yet for this, and it's not really a priority for us. Okay. Regarding okay. to the fees, the $100,000 fees, look, uh, Richard, very, very honestly, I have some, we have sometimes paid fees that we regret and we have sometimes paid fees that, fees that we were very happy to pay. Right. I think it depends a lot on whom we, you are working with. You know, we have a, a very strong a capacity of, of analyzing uh, deals. So we don't go into funds. We don't go into blind pools. We, we prefer to look at deals by deal. We can even look into funds, but we understand each and every uh, deal that is inside. So, right. If it's if it's if the if the assets, whether it's pulled in the fund or individually, they're good. The returns are decent, and our partner, again, we rely on partners. They are doing their job. Right. It's okay. We're happy because we know that if we pay them well, they'll come back to us as a priority. If you start right. pressuring them too much on fees, you'll be left at the end of the line for the good deals. Right. right. Based on relationship, Richard, it's, we've been around for twenty five years. Right, right. Great. Yeah, I no, appreciate you sharing that. Um, I think that'll be helpful to some people listening. And I think that uh, one, one thing that people often, you know, are worried about is that alignment, you know, and that all does come down to conviction and trust at the end of the day. Uh, what's the best way for someone to get in touch with you uh, in terms of reaching out? Is it email, LinkedIn, phone? What do you, what do you prefer if someone has uh, a way to work with you or, or um, contribute to what you're doing? If it, whatever they want to talk to me has a direct relationship to what we just discussed, I'm happy to take a phone call, email. We're open. There's no, okay. I only ask that it should be, I mean, don't offer me uh, uh, cannabis projects because we're not going right. to do it. Right. But right. Real estate, equity and debt, interest, debt and equity in more of a distressed direct investment opportunities. Yeah, we can, we can analyze. Okay. Great. Well, I appreciate your time here today. And then uh, once our live events start up again, we're happy to see you on stage at, at one of those and maybe okay. on one of our virtual discussion panels one of these weeks. So appreciate your time. I'll be honored. I'll be honored. You do a great job, Richard. Thank you very oh, much. Thank you. Yeah. Stay healthy. Take care. You too. Bye.